chapter 2, and beginning verse number 18. I got to get to preaching, amen? Oh, I just want God's will be done tonight, don't you? Amen? I want you getting excited about revival. Amen? I want you getting excited, more excited about revival than anything else we do. Tonight, with the help of God, we'll look at this thought, true or false, discerning the real from the counterfeit. Little children, it is the last time, and as you have heard, that Antichrist shall come. Even now, there are there many Antichrists, whereby we know that it is the last time. They, I want you to notice something as we read the Bible. They went out from us. But they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. Anytime you find God repeating words like that, you ought to stop and say, man, what's he saying? For you have an unction from the Holy One, and you know all things. I've not written unto you because you know not the truth, but because you know it. And that no lie is of the truth. Who is a liar? But he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ. He is Antichrist that denieth the Father and the Son. Whosoever denieth the Son, the same hath not the Father. But he that acknowledgeth the Son hath the Father also. That, there, that therefore abide in you which ye have heard from the beginning. If that which ye have heard from the beginning shall remain in you, ye shall also continue in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise. He hath promised us even eternal life. These things have I written unto you concerning them that seduce you. But the anointing which ye have received of him abideth in you. And ye need not that any man teach you, but the same anointing teacheth you all things, and is truth as no lie. Even as he hath taught you, ye shall abide in him. A 17-year-old high school student, in order to graduate, had to write an essay on a religious subject. He chose the subject of Union of Believers with Christ. Here's what he wrote. Our heart, reason, history, and the work of Christ convince us that without Him we are doomed by God and only Christ can save us. How many would you agree with me? Man, what a great statement. Amen? These words came from a 16-year-old Karl Marx. Nine years after writing those words, he abandoned Christianity. He spawned the communist movement, one of human misery and death. 
One of the characteristics of the last days that we live is that we'll be those that abandon their faith and the faith. Little children, it is the last time. As you have heard, the Antichrist shall come. Even now there are many Antichrists. This is a time it's talking about from the cross of Christ, then there's a time that leads to the coming of Christ. We're living in that day of the coming of Christ. Someone said, Preacher, I've always heard that. Is he coming? Yes. I don't know if I believe it. You know, it doesn't make a bit of difference. He's still coming. He's still coming. Whether we're ready or not, he's coming. As we live in these last days, one of the things that's happening more and more is counterfeits are showing up. I watched a YouTube program the other day. He was an Hispanic man, and he, he, he boldly said, I'm Jesus Christ. I'm the one to come. And has a tremendous following. So there's many... Matthew 24, 5 says this, For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. Luke 21, 8, He said, Take heed that you be not deceived. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and the time draweth near. Go ye not therefore after them. 1 Timothy 4, 1, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. He talks here in verse 19 about they and us. So we'll study this in two parts. Tonight, we'll study the they's. Next week, Lord's willing, we'll study us. The they's he's talking about is the Antichrist, those that are counterfeit, those that are just not real. Everything I read, everything, whether it be from the conservative perception or even the liberal perception, make this statement that only... I I read an article this other week and and a well-known evangelist said it's in his opinion that not more than 5% of those that attend church are even saved. Wow. Crosses the country preaching. Billy Graham said in his opinion, 25% of those in our churches are saved. That means only one out of every four. And what that tells me is that there's a good chance a lot of people are deceived. And that's scary. That's scary. Because they believe the counterfeit 
You really don't have that which is real. But notice how you can tell. Number one, the person they deny. Little children, it is the last time. As you've heard that Antichrist shall come. Even now are there many Antichrists whereby we know that it is the last time. Verse 18, he identifies the they as Antichrist. Anti means against and in place of. First, they stand against Christ. Second, they claim to be a substitute for Christ. One of the things that you'll find with every, with every cult and with every counterfeit is they have no problem with God the Father. They got no problem with the Holy Ghost. It's Jesus they struggle with. And it's, it's across the board, no matter how, how you slice it, or what denomination. And it is simply this. Is Jesus the God-man? Is He the Son of God? And the issue is this. If He is, then He died for my sins and I'm accountable to my sins. If He's not, then i got to figure out another way. My works... My thinking, my opinion, my fuzzies gets me to heaven. But if Jesus is the way and the only way, then I got to come through Him. And if I come through Him, I've got to, real, I've got to, I've got to believe and trust that He was the sinless, sinless Son of God. And yet, the God-man. He was all God, but yet He was all man. And you say, well, I just don't believe that. You'll die and go to hell with your belief. You'll die and go to hell with it. Because you have robbed the deity of Christ. And that is the battle. And that has always been the battle. Who is a liar? He that denied that Jesus is the Christ. He is Antichrist that denied the Father and the Son. Whosoever denied the Son, the same hath not the Father. You can't split them, can't part them. Jesus said, If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He said, well, one. And yet, there's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. You say, how do you understand that? I don't know. When I get to heaven, I'm going to ask God to let me, help me understand all that. I just know it's true. But he that denies that, the Bible says, you're an antichrist. You're against and in place of something other than Jesus the Christ. You're denying Christ. Oh, I, I love it when people start talking about how good 
Jesus is. People will quickly talk to you about God. People will talk to you about the Holy Spirit. Praise God, they don't want to talk about the fact that Jesus is the one that mounted Calvary. Jesus is one that shed His blood. Jesus is one that died in my place. Amen. He went to heaven, sits at the right hand of the Father, sent the Holy Ghost to help me and to strengthen me. And the Holy Spirit of God will always move you to talk about Jesus. Always. He's co-eternal, co-existent, and co-equal with the Father. Now, the Jehovah's Witnesses, and this is the reason it's a cult. You say, preacher, you shouldn't call them a cult, okay? You don't call them a cult. I'll call them a cult. They're a cult. Amen? Here's the Jehovah's Witnesses Bible, how it reads. John 1, 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and was a God. Here's what the real Word of God says. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word, Jesus, was God. There's a lot of difference in just that little A. Has the ideal that Jesus is the eternal Son of God. 1 John 2, 23. Who shall deny the Son, the same hath not the Father. He that acknowledgeth the Son hath the Father also. Now, he talks in this verse. It's a little contradictory, but it's not. He says... You've heard the Antichrist shall come. There's one Antichrist. One genuine Antichrist will come. Second Thessalonians 2, 3. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first, and the man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God. Or that is worship, so that he is God, sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. He's called the man of sin. He's called the son of perdition. He'll come one day claiming to be God. He'll deceive the world and he'll have satanic powers beyond your imagination. He will call fire from heaven right in the very presence of people. He'll be very powerful. Revelation 13, and all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him whose name's not written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. The other Antichrist that will come, those are those pretenders, those imitators that we see all over our country. I, I, if, I, if I thought about it, I would have had Matthew set up my the film, and I will let you take a, just a moment and listen to that man talk. Got a great following. And he says, I'm the Christ, meaning Antichrist. In other words, a many that are opposing and in place of the genuine Christ. Number one, the person they deny. Number two, the place they desert. We're not only seeing these Antichrists deny the Christ, but we also see them departing the church. 1 John 2, 19, they went out from us, but they were not all of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out 
that they might be made manifest, that they were not all of us. The Bible talks about in the last days we'll see a great falling away. And I can assure you of this. If it is in our heart at Solid Rock Baptist Church, if it is in our heart to want to lift up Christ, put Jesus on a pedestal and lift Him high and lift it up. The Bible says it. And if I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men unto me. If we choose to do that, then I promise you, not everybody's going to want to stay here. Not everybody's going to come and stay. Because some, I, I, I'm, I'm amazed at this. I, I'm, I'm absolutely amazed with this. At the folks that drive up in the parking lot, they get out of their automobile, and they've got, uh, not, not, you can't see them, but I can see them, They'll have a truckload of baggage dragging in behind them. Just the other Sunday, a man gets out of his vehicle, walks up. He says, we just come to visit this morning. I said, well, good. Praise the Lord. We're glad to have you. He said, well, let me just tell you what I want first of all. I said, okay. He said, I'm going to, I want to be baptized. But I don't want to be baptized in no baptistry. I won't be baptized out the lake like Jesus. I said, okay. Service is starting about an hour. Hope you enjoy it. And I thought to myself, man, you ain't even walked through the front door. And you've already got some baggage out of your truck. And an expectation. And you ain't even walked in the door yet. I'm amazed. I'm amazed. We find they went out from us, but they were not of us. Number, you see, why? A fellowship that is abandoned. It's in my heart in the next few weeks. My prayer is, if, I can, if God help me, I want you to look around. The best friends that you've got in this world are those that's sitting around you right now. I know we think it's cussing crowd and this bunch of devilish crowds are friend. But I'll tell you who the friends are. Are those when everybody else walks out, you walk in. We have the fellowship that is abandoned. Since more than getting out of church, it's a case of getting away from church. Not a case of backsliders. It's a case of apostates. It's someone that is so uncomfortable being around Christ. They just got to find somewhere where God's not dealing with him. They got to get away from him. It's okay. Nobody's looking. I'll have everybody shut your eyes before you raise your hand. Have you been out of the will of God and get around somebody that is in the will of God and you just feel convicted? I, I love this. I went to the doctor yesterday and um, um, my, my doctor is a good man, loves the Lord. 
And and I and, and I don't 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 please don't take this wrong. I I don't think I'm spiritual. I think I need I, I think I need all all of God I can get. He said he said, Pastor, how's the ministry going? I said, Well, it's going good. I said it's challenging. I said challenging days. And and he said, Yep. He said, I sense the same thing here. He said, Well, everything's so intense and everything's so challenging. He looked at me. He said, Well, what do you do? I said, Well, I tell you, sir. I said, I'm not sure I got this thing right, and I'm not going to claim I do it good. But I said, Here's the answer. I believe we got to get as close to God as we can. I believe we just got to jump in His lap and put His arms around His neck and hold on and just say, Listen, Jesus, please don't turn me loose. I got to have you today. I said, I believe we got to stop and stop this busyness and, and stop and take time to get along with God. We've got to get back to our prayer time. I said, sir, I think we just got to get back to just getting to God in the morning and saying, God, this is a crazy world and a crazy day, but you're still on the throne and everything's all right. And he looked at me and he said, my God, just hush, you're getting me convicted. I said, I didn't mean to get you convicted. He's a good man, loves the Lord. A fellowship that's abandoned. There's three weeks, three ways people desert. John, Jerry Vine said this in First John. Three ways people desert a church. Then be a physical desertion. In other words, they no longer affiliate themselves with the church, but, but no longer attend. They just don't come. That's a physical desertion. They're on a church road, but they don't go nowhere. Second, there's a moral desertion. In other words, their, their lives are morally sinful. They can't come, and they don't, they, they just, they're not interested because it's such a contradiction. There's an intellectual desertion. And that's what John's talking about here. Those who profess to know the Lord have been a part of the church, but later denied the fundamentals of the faith. A survey of over 3,000 clergymen or preachers. Here's what they said. They said, a considerable number of them reject the ideal of a personal God. They said that God uh, was the ground of being, the force of life, the principle of love, the ultimate reality, and so forth. They, they, literally, they literally said they wanted a personal God. Number two, the majority of the young preachers denied the virgin birth of Christ. So there's a fellowship that is abandoned. A faith, here's where it's at, a faith that's absent. They got a profession, but not a possession. They profess something, but they don't possess something. Let me just stop here and say this. You can fool people. You might even fool mom and daddy to thinking you're so wonderful. You can fool people in the church. You can fool the preacher. You can fool a lot of people. But there's two things you don't fool. You don't fool what comes out of that mouth. And you don't fool what God sees in your heart. Amen? I got to hurry. I got to hurry. There's a person they deny, a place they deserve. Here's the people they deceive. These things have I written unto you concerning them that seduce you. Even though they deny fundamental truths of the Bible, they don't cast away their religious garments. Instead, they're counterfeits. Their purpose is to deceive. Little children, let no man 
deceive you. He that doeth righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. Mark 13, 5, Jesus answered them, began to say, Take heed, lest any man deceive you. Who do they want? Who's the counterfeits want? Here's who they want. They want you. They want you. And especially those that are weak Christians. And the weak ones get drawn away with the counterfeits because they're not rooted and grounded in truth. For hence we henceforth be no more children. 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 Notice the children. Notice what he says. Tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slate of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. People say, I ain't interested in that old doctrinal stuff. We better get interested in it. This is a book of doctrine. And doctrine is what keeps us from being prey to the counterfeits. Who they want? You. Especially those of you that are, especially our young people. Let me just stop here and say this. I hope I can help some moms and dads. I can if you'll, if you'll, if you'll listen to me. Our young people, from the age of about eight or nine until about... Young people, you're just listening to me. You're not looking up this way. Good, good, good. From about eight to about 18, they, their minds are not matured yet. They're not matured. Some don't get matured at 18. Some it takes 19. Boys, it takes longer than girls to mature. Except for me, I'm sure I matured faster than any girl. But girls mature about two years ahead of boys. But girls don't mature till they're about 19 years of age. And when we take any of our young people in our church and we give them a status of spirituality, the status to make their own choices, life-changing choices, then you're very unjust to that child. Number one, they're not mature enough. Their mind's not mature enough to be spiritual or make life-changing choices. They ought to make some choices, but they're not mature enough. Their mind's not even going to mature to their 
How many of you remember when you was 15 and you knew it all? And about 25, you recognized, and, and at 15, you thought, how stupid my mom and daddy is. I know more than they do. How stupid they are. But at 25, you recognize, man, my mom and daddy are the smartest people I ever known in my life. How many knows that? Amen. Our minds mature. And when we give them that status, we're very unjust because then we're not teaching them. We're not molding them. We're not being the prudent guide they need. I, I, I don't want to be unkind here. And I, I love my children. My children now are some of my best friends. But don't miss this. I'm always their daddy. You understand? Our children don't need a best friend. They need a prudent God. And then when they get to be older, then you get your best friend. But they need a prudent God. And we're unjust if we're not that prudent God to teach them. And we're going to talk about this in the next several several weeks. And boy, I've been praying just some things God's really put in my heart and making very, very real because they don't have the mind to do that. So, so, so what's that tell you? That tells me that all of our young people under 18 years of age, for the most part, are very immature. If they're normal. Your kids normal? I know some of them are not. If they're normal, you need to recognize and look at them as being immature. And as adults, we need to recognize they're immature. And they say stupid stuff. They're not kind to one another. They're ugly to one another. You know why? Because they ain't learned the words carry weight. So we got to teach them. Well, that's extra. I don't even know why I got there. How do they work? Here's how they work. They'll tell you enough truth to deceive you. Let no man deceive you with vain words, for because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. The word vain speaks of that which is empty. They have a religious ring, but without truth. There are false prophets also among the people, is there thought be false teachers among you who probably shall bring damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that brought them and, and bring upon themselves swift destruction. And many shall follow their pernicious, pernicious ways. The word pernicious means destructive. Verse 3 talks about feigned words, artificial, fictitious. And then he made this statement in verse 3. They make merchandise because they use people for their selfish gain. And that's enough to make you think you're right. But if you know your Bible, know the Word of God, you'll simply know they're Antichrist. There's I knew it was about time. So I'll stand to her feet.